Hi, my name is Christine. I'm Josephine. And, and we're, we're your hosts for the Bitonal Podcast. Ding! So, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah, it's currently 8 a.m. Yes. It's You'll- 11 a.m. We <laughs> lied here. <laughs> Just wanted to, you know, lie about our productivity since like, our productivity. Um, it's been a long week. It's been a long week, but it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Unreal. Weird. Um, anything cool happened so far in this week for you? Nothing. I say it's been a long week, but I feel like also the days, like, really feels really long. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's how the, I feel. The sensation I've been having is, like, everything seems, like, smushed together. Mm-hmm. Like, I woke up today thinking it was Thursday for me, and I'm like, no, wait. Yeah. I backtracked. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what did I do Monday? What did I do Tuesday? <laughs> Tuesday was yesterday, and then that was the internal monologue I had. Yeah, I think it's also because we usually record on Thursdays, because I also thought it was Thursday. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Where are the days? Well, Wednesday it is. Anywho, welcome, you guys, to our first uh, quote-unquote more formal podcast episode. Um, We really want to make the conversations every week to be a little more meaningful for you guys, and of course we want to facilitate discussion the topics we talk about and have it not just be 20 minutes of us dicking around so josephine what's the what's the topic again for this week drum roll please but it's money matters yeah so just as a disclaimer we are not financial experts nor could we get one on the show this early on but we consider ourselves to be the average 20 something year old going through big financial turning points so hopefully you can relate to that yeah like I, the the intention is to make this more of like a narrative rather than like a, a lecture because right. we're just not qualified to talk about monies 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 anywho um yeah so christine you've been coffee sober for a few months and i remember you mentioned that that's been financially helpful yeah you want to talk more about that sure so i think everyone our age and like every age has Mm -hmm. some kind of spending guilty pleasure yeah like it's something it's a somewhat of a luxury you can live without it and a lot of things that are like that i consider a luxury rather than necessity Mm -hmm. and coffee was just one of those things so i'm currently 145 days coffee sober um yeah thank you thank you um feels like an aa meeting yeah (laughs) Uh, I took it. I took the break initially to monitor how I felt. Right. Um, I felt pretty lethargic throughout the school year, and I don't know. Coffee kind of screws up with your sleep quality and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of eliminated to see what my energy levels was at baseline, and I found that a lot of times I would drink coffee just as a preventative thing. Like I would take. I would take coffee with the fear of that I'm going to get tired later on in the day. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reality was, after the first like two weeks of withdrawal symptoms, like, I, had, I had the shakes a little bit and like a major headache and stuff like that. After the withdrawal symptoms, like I felt perfectly normal. Wow. And I ruled it out as something that I don't really need. And uh, I switched to tea. Um, and like with tea, I usually just have it at home. Like, I'll, I'll have, I have a little tea bags at home. Yeah. Whereas for coffee, I found myself going to Starbucks, Tim's, right, Second right. Cup, Timothy's. Like, I was I was a coffee fiend, right? <laughs> and, I don't know, $3, $4, $5, it adds up over time. Right. And all of a sudden, you're drinking, like, a $5 Starbucks coffee, like, nearly every day. 
and how much is that in a week already like that's like 35 dollars if you take one every day or whatever right mm-hmm. and uh yeah as much as much as i miss like the flat whites and my cappuccinos and the macchiatos like oh. i don't really miss spending that money what was your favorite drink before you went coffee sober i think it was flat whites mm. flat whites yeah. are good yeah they're they're simple um but they're just nice you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah how, how about you like do you have anything that you guilty spend on um, i would say coffee as well mm-hmm. um i still spend a lot of money on coffee i feel like but i'm trying to stop that by drinking more water mm-hmm. it's also just like a health thing that i'm trying to do so um cutting out caffeine so not even tea yeah um but sometimes i'll have my tea if i really am craving something that's not water mm-hmm. but yeah and also i've been trying to cut down on like plastic waste mm-hmm. so if i can't you know if i don't have my reusable reusable mug or um in this case iced coffees it's outside of starbucks it's not really i don't see people bringing their reusable mug for their iced coffees and so i always hesitate um so if i don't have a reusable mug with me i won't get anything mm-hmm. which has really been helping me with not eating out as much mm-hmm. That's a good idea, cause like that's just one like barrier you can put up, right? Yeah. So if you can't, if I don't get my mug, I can't drink coffee today. <laughs> exactly. That's a pretty good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know I was um I was watching this woman who was explaining that one to three dollars on coffee is is going to cost you like a million dollars in a few years. Yeah, and this was on Twitter. It was a video on Twitter. Um, I'm oh. I forgot like who this woman was but seemed more of a political statement than mm-hmm. anything so um i really can't remember but basically one of the comments said that um that this woman didn't really consider that maybe people our age are using this one to three dollar coffee as a way like a little picker-upper yeah. during the day in such like a stressful time when we are working like crazy hours a day mm-hmm. or we're studying crazy hours a day we just need something to get us by mm-hmm. so what that comment really got to me mm-hmm. and i'm wondering what your take on that is um yeah so she basically said one to three dollars a day on coffee is like a waste of money yeah she? yeah yeah i i don't i don't stand by like my motto generally is like to each their own mm-hmm. Um, everybody has for something sure. that they spend money on. We can't judge others yeah. for how they earn and spend their money, I think. And things like coffee and like pedicures, massages, like all those might seemingly be like a luxury, quote unquote, but people just, some people who can afford it, that's just part of their daily life. Yeah. You know, like you said, I like what you said about like a picker upper kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't, it's just for example like pedicures for me i don't get a pedicure ever <laughs> but i can see how it's like a it's a good way to kind of feel better about yourself yeah. and kind of go through that self-care routine yeah and if that gives someone value then that's good for them right yeah. so i don't see how we can judge and things with coffee it's even as simple as coffee like some people get pleasure out of you know buying the bean mm-hmm. um you know processing it through like a french press or something like that like that's that's even though you know it's not just a substance for 
awakeness or alertness. Yeah. It's like an art and a hobby yeah. for them. So I don't know for sure. Yeah. I know my mom also uses coffee as a picker upper very yeah. often, and. I never saw that as a waste of money because she was working two jobs. If she needs something as small as coffee to get mm-hmm. her by, then like by all means, I yeah. would not hesitate to give her like yeah. my change yeah. to get herself coffee. Yeah. So it's just it's like you said, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different for sure. Yeah. And um, just like flipping through, because we kind of brainstormed like kind of topics or headings we wanted to discuss. So mm-hmm. we're just gonna move on to the next but yeah to each their own to that statement i want to say um so this was something I, I i think about it all the time as well but like what are your views or like attitudes towards money like growing up because for me i know um it was a source of anxiety growing up and it still currently is a source of anxiety growing up and i think a lot of um the, the way we view money now is attributed to how we sell money when oh, we were for raised sure. for so sure do yeah. me input on that yeah my parents definitely raised me to be quite frugal mm-hmm. and you know not spending stuff on things like coffee that's especially my dad my mom mm-hmm. was obviously more lenient towards these things mm-hmm. um but it's i feel like it's not a bad thing nor is it a good thing like me spending co- money on coffee i mean mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day it's my decision, right? Yeah. So if I notice that at the end of the month, I see my bill and I spent way too much on coffee, mm-hmm. I'll, obviously that's going to cause me stress. And so for the next month, I'll be more mindful. So I guess it's just seeing where you, you're at financially. But I know my parents don't see that, see it like that. Okay. They just, they just think it's a waste of money. So of course, I was, everything that I spend on myself, I feel like is a waste of money. That's how they raised me. Okay. That's that's what I think it is. Just to interject here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like people who do spend money, that it's like you buying yourself nice things. That's like an investment into you. Yeah. So if you don't see yourself worth worthy of an investment of money, then that's a that's something you can go to therapy for. Oh yeah. We're discussing that's... therapy. Hashtag self worth. Hashtag self worth. Something obviously. I feel like everyone struggles with a bit. I feel that. Um, Trying to unlearn that is definitely Mm -hmm. a journey. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no. That's literally all I had to say. Okay. And that I also am very anxious about money. Yeah. But luckily, I do have like my sisters to fall back on. Yeah. Uh, But obviously, they're they're only a couple years older than me. I don't want to burden them financially, but it's nice having that backup. Yeah. I wish I had sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll help you yeah. out too. By helping me out, they'll help you yeah, out. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, growing up, my parents, they worked a lot and spent zero money, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, they, they're Vietnamese ingri- uh, uh, immigrants. Um, they came to Canada with not that much money and they just worked all the time. Like, uh, I was like, with babysitters 90% of my life. If not, I was home alone. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Uh, I think you and I talked about it like maybe a couple weeks ago. Like I can't really pinpoint 
when I realized my parents didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, yeah, I woke up one day, checked their bank account, and I was like, <laughs> whoa, they got no money. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was more of like, I was always like aware, cognizant yeah. of the fact that my parents might have struggled a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And we lived like pretty comfortably, and they made sure things are comfortable for us, but mm. um, I never really asked for things. And a no was a no. If I, I never begged. Um, there's a toy I really wanted. Um, I'll I'll ask once, and if they said no, that, that's basically it. And uh, and if there was something I really really wanted, I'd probably ask, but feel really really guilty about yeah. it deep inside. Yeah. And I don't know. That kind of translates to me now in a way because it's one of those things where, um, like I, I don't I don't really buy things unless I really feel the need that I need to buy things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was listening to this podcast called the minimalist podcast Mm -hmm. and you can people chirp on me all the time for like being a minimalist like I don't deem myself a minimalist and there are a lot of people who take minimalism to like the extreme yeah um but I found the podcast it's by Joshua Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus Uh, they're kind of a big they're they're huge podcasters and they have a whole they have a book and a movie and everything Um, but they're great, and uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, they they said like, uh, before you buy something, it's kind of common sense, but it's true. It's like before you buy something, um, ask yourself: Does this thing that I'm spending money on, does it add value to my life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, even when you're cleansing, you know, say so you're mm-hmm. the, the cleansing out your closet, you're clean up the office or something before you throw it away or keep it ask yourself does it add value in my life right Mm -hmm. and you got to think about like what does that even mean like value in your life right is uh, do you weigh your the richness or the fullness of your life based on uh, materialistic objects Mm -hmm. like a fancy uh, uh, desk because we're sitting on a desk right now or is it value with like um, social relationships things like that so I don't know it, it really helps filter filter that I think yeah and yeah um, yeah, and uh, I think earlier in the spring I just donated a bunch of stuff to charity Mm -hmm. and like again I I just hope that whatever I gave to that charity will give other people value yeah whether it's my old shirt or whatever I I threw some books out but yeah that's definitely a good way to put it Mm -hmm. um I like the Marie Kondo method and basically the same yeah, just tell me more about that yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what Marie does um, I never read her book oh. but I watched the Netflix series she had about cleaning people's homes but it was really good mm. but I found this quote from her book The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up she wrote when one or the other of these thought patterns makes it hard to throw things away we can't see what we really need now at this moment we aren't sure what would satisfy us or what we are looking for as a result we increase the numbers of unnecessary possessions burying ourselves both physically and mentally in superfluous things Mm. Um, to me that really just meant by not making the difficult decisions of like what to keep Mm -hmm. does this bring value to me we're just kind of in this limbo where we don't know what our values are Mm -hmm. what we prioritize and what we need so Mm -hmm. I think 
and that's how she kind of put it in the show just like starting small with your clothes like do you really need that do you really want that and then that translate more to more meaningful items like memories mm-hmm. so in one of the episodes um i think there was a widow there mm-hmm. and they just couldn't get rid of their partner's stuff mm-hmm. um so she kind of helped navigate through that and what really brought value yeah like what was she actually attached to the yeah. item or the memories exactly. associated with the item yeah and like not to tangent into hoarding but i think a lot mm-hmm. of times that's how hoarding starts yeah right? yeah um it's just kind of and that, it's, it's very interesting how like as humans we'll whatever emptiness we feel emotionally physically whether it's like physical hunger or like just mental hunger yeah or like your desire for love and affection if you're mm-hmm. lacking in that how people compensate so hard with yeah. that yeah it's almost like an overcompensation yeah 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 um very very interesting thought yeah, yeah. I, I should look into the marie kondo thing mm-hmm. so everyone's been talking about it it's, it's, she's so wholesome you yeah. love her yeah and um kind of back to what we're saying but like so do you have like a specific attitude or feeling associated with money i personally hate money i wish it didn't (laughs) have to be a thing a huge integral part of humanity if i can even say that sure or maybe like even society right um i i like growing up i too wasn't sure about my parents like finances but I know there was a lot of fights because of the finances and I just knew like we never had a lot and I know like a lot of my friends who uh, struggled financially shared similar experiences Uh, you know when we went on field trips and they costed like five to ten dollars but you can't even afford that so you had to forge your parents signature saying you don't want to go things like that Mm -hmm. like that was so natural to me and my family we just like I never bothered telling my parents about half the trips mm-hmm. uh, my classmates went on just because I don't want them to feel bad. Um, and I never like put that against them or anything because it's not like I wanted to go either. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, I just dislike how it's giving given so much worth and just it just causes a lot of problems. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion on money. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like, like I said before, generally it causes me some degree of anxiety, mm-hmm. and like, like a lot of things in my life, which if I'm anxious about something or I don't like something or something makes me uncomfortable, I try to turn the cheek and look the other way about yeah. it. Yeah. And over time, it's just like, I'm, I'm 23, and relatively, um, the people I talk to and even myself, like, I don't really know how to deal with money. Like, I feel unequipped and uneducated to deal with money. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just like, we'll talk about later, but like with student loans, how do you do that? Yeah. Taxes, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And like, you know, little things like, what what is a mortgage? Or, you know, it's just like, what? Yeah, um, yeah. And I always think like, okay, I'll, I'll face it when I get there. Like, you know, right. why, why worry about mortgage now when like I don't, I don't have a house, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But no, dude, you got to think about your retirement plan ASAP. Uh-huh. I ain't about to be, you know, this little cute old lady on the streets, you know? <laughs> so I'm kidding. I'll probably crash with you and your sister. Oh, yeah for sure um but sorry tangent um yeah i was never um a materialistic of a person i was thinking about that too like Mm -hmm. uh, money as a form of status i don't believe in that yeah um and i think it comes back to the values that were passed upon me by Mm -hmm. like my parents by my teachers and just the people i surrounded myself with yeah and 
it's one of those things where it's transactional. Like I was always taught that you need to give something in order to receive something. Yeah. And in our world and our reality, that's something you trade. It's just money. Back in the day, they trade the cows and shit, right? Yeah. Or three daughters. You know. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I would rather have that than this piece of paper. You know, but exactly. I'm kidding. That's not like rewrite history here nope. and backtrack yeah. progress, but. Yeah, my parents. My parents were pretty frugal growing up, so mm-hmm. money was something that we um, didn't really talk about. But we knew that um, we need to be cognizant of it. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my parents really didn't teach me a lot on how to be savvy with money either, mm-hmm. or anything related monetarily. Um, which is odd because they were both they both worked at a bank. That's how they met. My what? other sister is like I never knew dad. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's how they met at a bank. My mom was the manager and my dad was the new kid. Anyways, it's really cute. Um But I guess I never asked either about well when I do ask they'll, they'll of course they'll let me know. But I guess things have changed so much from when they were my age that some of their advice isn't helpful or relatable at my current situation um so it's just trying to navigate the world through that and but no my parents have been kind of helpful but not that helpful yeah. with certain things because obviously they were immigrants as well so the system is different here yeah and yeah I, like with my parents they never uh they, they weren't educated here mm-hmm. so things like OSAP, like getting yeah. a line of credit or just banking stuff in general. Like it's just that that wasn't a thing that they went through during their 20s. Yeah. Because yeah. when my parents were in their 20s, they were in Vietnam working at this like weird factory thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how they met. My parents met at the factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like an import export kind of thing. So it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We can go into our parents' origin stories <laughs> later on. But yeah, it's in, with OSAP, especially due to the recent changes in policy, it's like, you think that's, if it's something so important, that they would make it very clear. Yeah. Or like, universities, before you go in, they'll give you like a package or like a YouTube tutorial about <laughs> how to navigate money matters. Right. But it's just not a thing. It's and not, like, my like not. my conspiracy self thinks like, yeah, they're very ambiguous with these things in order to fuck us over. Mm-hmm. Like the grace period with OSAP. No one has ever told me the same thing about the grace period yeah, with OSAP. Yeah. It's different. It's different. And they're, they're taking it away completely, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, ah, who gives a fuck about that? And th- this is a good segue into like what um, you and I were talking about beforehand uh-huh. too. It's like, as a student or growing up, you have this thing, and I, I, I like to call it like the conveyor belt mm-hmm. and like the flawed conveyor belt of to success. So the theory is, Back in the day, maybe a whole troop, but now it's like a very flawed thing. So you go to high school, you work really hard in high school, you go to a good university, if you do really well in university and you pray to God you get a good paying job, and if you get a good paying job, you have a good lifestyle and you raise a good family, and I think it's just like that linear way of thinking. Yeah. So if you think about it, we're getting ourselves into debt, you're doing your master's, you did undergrad, I'm yeah. doing chiropractic school, did my undergrad, like we're getting into debt in the hopes that we get a quote unquote good paying job. Yeah. And yeah. we were, I was grilled by that by my parents. My parents said like, hard work equals success and money, period. And that was the equation that worked for them. Mm-hmm. But in today's society, it's like, 
that's not really true anymore. No. Right? Um, but, uh, I don't know, I just, the, the whole conveyor belt idea, it first, it first kind of um, started in my brain. Or I started questioning it. Like, why yeah. am I going through the motion of these things? Yeah. So I watched this um, video animation by Sir Ken Robinson. It's called uh, Changing Education Paradigms. And he pretty much just critiques the way we run our school systems. Mm -hmm. And um, how we don't facilitate proper personal and like mental growth yes. within the students. Yep. And we don't really foster and nurture creativity anymore. Yeah. Like at some point in history, back in the day, when Beethoven and Beethoven... <laughs> I, I used to call them... Oops. Be uh, Beethoven <laughs> and Mozart and Bach, like... Back in the day, the arts were like the biggest form of intelligence mm -hmm. and like mastery, if that makes sense. Then at some point, maybe during the industrial era, um, um, the, you know, uh, the arts became less important. Then things like sciences and maths became more important to society. So there's a shift in the way we were educated. Yep. And our current school system now, I'm not going to lie, um, I think it's too heavily focused on like logic and arithmetic, if that makes sense. So people who are naturally very gifted in the arts, mm -hmm. just because it's like, you don't want to be a doctor and you want to go to art school? Fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like those people who have that natural intelligence in the yeah. arts and creativity they feel dumb or they, yeah. they're made to feel less valued yeah. and they might be forced into going to the maths and sciences mm -hmm. and then he talks about the rates of like ADHD and stuff and it's just like it blew my mind like I highly recommend you guys listen to it I'm probably going to add it into the show notes so yeah yeah you should watch it too I will I will I, I kind of read something similar through um when i was learning about ivan illich a mm. philosopher i believe he's croatian but i'm not sure i can't remember now but he also like his shot to fame was basically um his book called the schooling society from 1971 mm -hmm. which he basically criticized mass education and lifelong institutionalization through the education system yeah. so if you're interested in like the institutionalization of society mm -hmm. so that goes for education that goes for religion that goes for everything um check out ivan illich he's a great guy and i think i find his um books are really easy to digest yeah. unlike previous unlike like really old philosophers where you really don't understand what they're saying mm -hmm. he speaks in like layman term i find mm -hmm. so that's really helpful yeah i'm pretty sure that um, the book you're talking about it's a book right yes yeah like that was probably a lot of overlap with what sir ken robinson was talking about yeah and you because you you actually studied like sociology in school right briefly, briefly. Yeah. Or, i was in you, social science so social I science so you, you knew all that kind of stuff yeah I, i'm just a hardcore science student so i never <laughs> was exposed to that but that seems like a really good a really good resource it is. so i don't know the, the kind of takeaway message i think is now which we need to really think about or be aware of uh, if you haven't realized it already, it's like mm -hmm. hard work doesn't really equal um, money and success anymore, right? Yeah. And it's just back to back to like my whole like flawed conveyor belt thing. Like that's what it is. So it's very depressing. It is. The future is grim. <laughs> but I don't want to end this on a like. The sad future note. is grim. <laughs> Fuck you all. That's that's that's, that's the message. That's Peace my takeaway. <laughs> No, you're, you're no. the optimistic mediator here. You gotta, um, can you bring the spirits up a little bit? I will try. <laughs> Basically, we all, 
will fall into the same size grave. Oh. No matter how much money you oh, have or how little. Amazing how you turned that one around. I tried. And, per really, and perfect really... segue from my next comment here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple years ago, I ran into, it probably 2016, 2017, they updated the article and like research, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, the article's name was like, uh, how much money do you think we need to be happy? Or like how much... Uh, annual income someone needs to make in order to have a satisfied lifestyle yeah and uh, uh, oops I forgot to look into the stats but I think uh, in USD dollars I don't I can't I, it was like a study at my Princeton University or something uh -huh. the average seems to be around 75 to $85,000 okay. probably doesn't hold true anymore mm -hmm. but the, the whole concept of the article was saying that after you you reach a certain like point for income you yeah. don't get any happier oh i see I do you know see. what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's i don't know why that's the case or what the article was telling i should have looked it up beforehand mm -hmm. but what do you what's your input on that do you think 75 to eighty-five thousand dollars a year for income is i think it's fair i'm a huge believer that um us humans also need a bit of struggle mm -hmm. to have a fulfilling life to know what is a fulfilling life so I feel like 75 to 80, it's a point where you might struggle to make big purchases, yeah. but it's not going to put you into debt and causes you that much more stress. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be, it'll, you'll get a sense of um, satisfaction when you do make the big purchases, exactly. which is what I think humans crave for and what they need to feel happy. And fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, I would just imagine with me if I had like if I made like two hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. A, I don't really know what I would spend those money money those the money. I guess that's like monies the monies on you know the green the, <laughs> the moolah. greens the moolas the pesos you know um um I, what would I what would you spend it on like would you you would just upgrade everything yeah so you'd upgrade yeah. to a bigger house if you have a bigger house you get a bigger lawnmower yeah and then just mm -hmm. it just amps up but like exactly. does that mean you're necessarily happier with the bigger land, uh, lawnmower <laughs> probably not yeah. unless you hire someone to mow your lawn you'll have oh. to do it yourself right yeah exactly that's true too yeah then fuck then what are you gonna do just <laughs> sit there swim in your cash exactly I feel like that's not fulfilling. That's not fulfilling. That's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking God, you know how dirty money is? That's true. Can you imagine yeah. that wiping on your asshole? Oh, God. Somebody, somebody probably wiped the money on the asshole. Oh, yeah, probably. For um, sure. Anywho, so not to make things crude, but... So that, <laughs> that was kind of the, the main point of our discussion today. Yeah. Just we, we wanted to make it more of a narrative, kind of throw things into the atmosphere for you to ponder and think about. Mm -hmm. um, but what's our call of action for this week? Josephine, what's the value of a dollar in your life? I know, you know, we don't sh all share the same upbringing. We all don't share the same background. There's different situations that we've never considered. So we just want to know what is money to you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a really good discussion. Yeah, so let us know. Yeah, let us know. Uh, again, feel free to reach out to us on our email, uh, social media, like slide our DMs. Like yeah. we want to make this. Um, as a resource where we can have a two-way conversation and exactly people can probably teach a lot of things because we're just bumbling idiots <laughs> i speak for myself um but anyway so we hope you guys have a great week and thank you for tuning in
Bye. Bye. Thank you again, guys, for tuning in with us this week. We appreciate your support so early on as we're trying to figure things out. And just to emphasize again the importance of good performance on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We appreciate you listening from Spotify and things like that. But we would really appreciate it if we had some good ratings on the Apple. Um, Downloads are appreciated. Comments are appreciated. And all that will help us. Um, get off our feet with this podcast and just a reminder we'll be posting another episode next tuesday at 9 a.m eastern standard time we hope you have a great week on behalf of josephine and i we love you goodbye